Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And welcome to the Thursday episode of the show. We've been out for a couple of weeks. It's been tough uh, work schedules, Father's Day. You know how it goes. Two obligations no one really wants to have to uh, partake in, but such is life, I suppose, in the month of June. Uh, anyway. It is June 22nd, about a quarter to 6 p.m. here on the East Coast. The all-star ballot uh, intake, ballot voting uh, for MLB's all-star game is well underway. Um, It's been underway for a few weeks. Corn and I put it off. Uh, It's one of those funny things. I don't get why people race to start voting for the all-star ballot when theoretically, because stats take time to accumulate. I know it's to be a small sample size, but like imagine if you were on the fence about voting for one player or the other, wouldn't you rather give yourself a couple of weeks to see if one of them does something significant while the other doesn't to help firm up your beliefs for your voting? You know what I mean? Um, my counter is uh, there's literally no limit on voting. Uh, so just fucking vote how often, I was gonna say as, that often is the- as you want. I think it's what ten times a day you can vote, or five times a day, for as as many days as you want. Like it's yeah, you're right. It is limitless. Like you can't just keep doing it. But it's I think it's five times a day per IP. So you could just have a VPN and do it literally a billion times, and uh, no one will stop you. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any police police officers out there uh, trying to stop you. Not all cops are bastards. This one, (laughs) the all star ballot. VPN police. It's a good guy. It's going to protect protect the legitimacy of our all-star elections. Make sure that it's all no Red Sox gets in. Yeah. Fuck them. All right. So we will do this as we've done in years past, really, which is um, just kind of going through the ballot itself before we get into it, I guess. Um there's been other stuff going on in the wide, wide world of baseball. Uh, like Lorenzo Kane has been uh, DFA'd after hitting his 10 years of service, which was very nice for the Brewers to make sure they waited on that. Uh, Aaron Judge has his arbitration meeting tomorrow as this episode releases today uh, on Friday. Talk about where that is at. I'm not sure. Is there anything like severe that's happened since we last recorded that you really want to hit on before we dive in and probably forget to loop back around dude i couldn't even fucking tell you what we talked about the last time we recorded let alone you know what would be something that's striking enough to bring up uh cleveland guardians are in first place in the al central that seems bizarre yeah seems illegal. definitely that yep <clears throat> um but no i, I got nothing it's tough because even like, you know, the Yankees and Mets have been the two best teams in baseball for the last like month, I want to say just about. So it's not like we can really talk about too much tumult at like the top of the standings there. The Padres caught up to the Dodgers. So now both those teams are tied for their lead in their divisions. The Cardinals also caught, caught up to the Brewers. So now those two teams are tied in their division. Um, but uh, like both those teams, Oh, the Cardinals actually started off kind of rough, but, uh, you know, th- like the Padres are already good. It's not like it's a huge revelation. Um, it doesn't feel like there's too, too much going on. If I don't know if you think of anything crazy uh, on Yale Cruz start to the season seems hilarious, uh, but that's really all there is to say about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't feel, I don't feel like there's a big story to talk you have about. A TV on? I do not. Do you hear something? I hear audio. I do. I hear audio, but I don't know from where. Second year quarterback, Derek Carr. I don't hear anything. Sorry, what are you saying? Um, I can't even think because all I hear is Sports Center. Really? That's so yeah. weird. I don't know. I don't hear anything. I have no audio anywhere near me. Are you sure it's not you? you? Do you have a sports center? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. 
I don't like there's nothing on there's nothing on in this apartment. There's nothing on anywhere else. I don't you have another tab open. Oh, it's gone. It's literally gone. <laughs> I want to listen to this. Listen back to this to see if I hear it. Because um, I, yeah, I don't hear anything. No, I'm just crazy. Just just let me be crazy. <laughs> I, I also wish that the voices that spoke to me were talking about football statistics. Instead of what they usually discuss. Um, anyway, so yeah, we'll just talk about the all-star bout again because it seems like there's we're kind of bereft of anything else more important. So starting at the top, as you head to MLB.com slash all-star slash ballot, uh, is the race for first base. So uh all right, let's start, I guess, with the American League. It's on the left hand side of the screen. We as a society read left to right. Corbin, for the first base side of things, who would you select for your guy for the American League? Uh, the American League, I know it's a kind of two-horse race right now with Ty France and Vlad Guerrero Jr. I know I've professed my love for Vlad Guerrero Jr. extensively. I love him as a player, um, as a person. I don't know him, but I'm assuming. Great guy. Uh, but I'm going Ty France. I mean... Super high average, super high OPS. He's getting it done. Good defense. Uh, I'm upset that the Padres gave him up. That has nothing to do with this vote. Young guy breaking out. Uh, I'm, I'm on the Ty France bandwagon. I respect it. You are missing, however, the player between Ty France and Vlad Guerrero in the American League in war who will be my selection, and that is Luis Arise from Minnesota, who has had an incredible start to the, to the year here in the first half. Um, his power numbers are a little bit low. He has only four home runs, which is good for uh, tied with for last in home runs in the top 10 for first baseman war in MLB. Uh, or not, uh, yeah, top 10 for baseball. I said it right. Fuck me. But his on-base percent is the highest for first base in baseball, 442. His WRC Plus is 165, which is also the highest number amongst this group. If his slugging was just a little bit better, if he just had a few more um, doubles or home runs, it would be because it's only 457. So his slugging really isn't much, much higher than his on-base as as it stands right now. but his batting average being 362 does a lot to, to help him out uh, and just collecting collecting hits and, and his walk rate of 11.7. So I don't care much about defense or first base. Who who cares? Uh, it's my general position here. Anthony Rizzo's defense metric on fan graphs is negative 7.4. And you know what? Doesn't bother me at all. I embrace it. So uh, Luis Arise, my guy here for number one. Now, Corwin, I don't think either of us are going to have any disagreement about who number one is for the National League. So on the count of three, let's say a name. One, two, three. Paul Goldschmidt. CJ Crone. Fuck you. No, it's, it's Paul Goldschmidt and there's yeah. no competition. Yeah. Like it's, it's I literally I literally opened it up and wanted to just pick the most random awful player I could. Uh, CJ Crone actually has a 914 OPS this season, 17 home runs, over 300 average. He's having a very good season. Uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt having a better season. Yeah, yeah. Paul Goldschmidt in in MVP uh, conversation here in the first half, 3.4 WAR. It's almost an entire win better than the second guy on the list, Freddie Freeman, with 2.5 using Fangraphs metrics. 3.7 on Baseball Reference. Even better. Yeah, I'm on Fangraphs because it was easier for me to break it out by by player or by, by position group. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a stupid, stupid start to the season, especially for a first baseman where it's it's, you know, if you're good at defense, you don't get a huge boost because it's mm-hmm. only first base. So to rack up that kind of war at first is uh, oh boy. I mean, he's leading the National League in batting average, on-base percentage, OPS, has a 195 OPS plus, and is leading in hits and total bases. Um, that's an all-star starter. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. 
Um, <laughs> oh, I hate myself. All right. So then, yeah, let's move it into second base. It's not really worth talking about anybody else. Um, second base for the American League, Corwin Heller, who would you hand off your vote to? Uh, this one, I feel like there's definitely a conversation to be had, which I'm looking forward to. I'm going with Andres Jimenez for the Cleveland Guardians. Um, 841 OPS, 300 average, you know, seven homers for those that, you know, are religious about such a thing. Over over 1.5 war on offense and defense, complete player, um, a guy that I really was not too aware of before the season. Uh, get him in that all-star game. Yeah, this is kind of a, a weird grouping here for the American League. For the National League, it's a lot more clear-cut. But, for instance, if you go to baseball reference or um, fan graphs and look at the first baseman or second baseman, one of the first options uh, or first guys leading in, in war for people who played second base is also Luis Rise, who obviously – is not available here on the on the ballot. Uh, Jorge Polanco is the Twins representative or potential selection for um, second base. And after that, it's it's guys. It's like all right, like Trevor Story, who you know, yeah, he's there. Uh, DJ Lemayhew, he's not really playing second full time. Um, Jose Altuve is there too, but like that's really like it's it's slim pickings. Those are the American League guys. Santiago Espinal also there for Toronto. Uh, it, it's very it's very thin for American League dudes here. But all that being Boy. said, I am going to take Glaber Torres um, for what has been really quite a comeback year for him. And I think that's kind of why I would lean in that direction. Also, because I just can't bring myself to pick Trevor Story. Um, I will never pick a Red Sox. Uh, it doesn't matter. They have a 10 more season. I'll never pick one. Um, but he has been in the. Uh, uh, fucking where? What's the word I'm looking for? He's been uh, top six percent of the league in exit velocity, top seven percent of the league in, in expected slugging, top eight percent of the league in hard hit rate. Um, he's having himself a really, really good bounce back season compared to where he has been in years past. Um, he has. Well, let me just count it out. Uh, fucking. I'm not. I'm not, not counting Luis Arise. One, two, three, four. Fifth in WAR in the AL for second baseman. Um, so obviously there's arguments to be had against him with people above him, but it's, it's kind of a, a small, it's a short field. There's no one breakaway candidate because he's at the bottom of that here with 1.4 war terror story being at the top with 1.7. So, I, I mean, we're talking the difference of not very many games at all. So I'm willing to chalk that shit up to, you know, a handful of plate appearances, but yeah, he's doing doing real solid. He's slugging over 500. He's got an OPS plus, or sorry, WRC plus of 134. That's second of the names I read, only to uh, Jose Altuve at 150. I'm feeling my 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 boys back. Yeah, I mean, I was between uh, Jimenez and and Glaber. I knew you were going to go Glaber, so I figured let's spread the love. I feel you. Sometimes predictability ain't such a bad thing. All right, and that brings us to the National League side of things, which certainly has some stronger contenders up here at the top as if you, again, chop out Luis Arise. Uh, four out of the five top war getters uh, per fan graphs in second base are in the National League. So, Corwin, given that information, who would you pick as your second base representative for the National League? You know, I feel like this one is a little different from the American League. There's still a handful of guys that I'm stuck between, but in this case, I kind of do want to give it to the big name. I mean, Jazz Chisholm Jr. is one of the most exciting and electric players to watch in all of baseball. At the end of his career, I want him to be the kind of guy where we're just tallying up all those all-star starter you know, selections, all, all those all-stars. Um, I, I want him out there on that field as the most fun and good second baseman in the National League. Okay. Easy as that. Unless it's Jake Cronenworth. I'll settle for that happily. Yeah. So the, the, the top four, as all four of the top four are uh, National League dudes, it, it's Tommy Edmond with using Fangraphs War 3.3, Jeff McNeil 2.5, Jake Cronenworth 2.3, and Jazz Chisholm Jr. 
2.2. So the runaway guy here is, is, is Tom Edmond by war, who we talked about briefly. I want to say last week where he's, yeah, he's hitting well for sure, but he is getting so much value on defense, like just a wild amount of value on defense. Um, Jay Cronworth is right there with him. Both these guys uh, are uh, third and fourth in WRC plus Cronenworth at 117 and, and Tommy Edmond at 123. Obviously both very good WRC pluses. Jeff McNeil at 146 and Jazz Chisholm Jr. at 131. Um, so obviously, um, oh, Trevor Starr is only at 102. Uh, his defense must be incredible then. But uh, I, this is where I would definitely stray from war. I don't, care about defense especially for the all-star game it re unless it's genuinely unwatchably atrocious it's not what the necessarily what the all-star game is all about unless you are on either end of the spectrum you either have to be ozzy smith and it's like this is why he's amazing and like watching the defense is notably like noticeably amazing or Mm -hmm. you get taken out because you are just like lead glove like ron ryan howard out there just like i can't i don't know what a baseball looks like when it's not when i'm not in a batter's box i can't find it gloves don't work um so to me it's like because that that's what the idea of the all-star game was originally about you know going to back to the fucking 30s was to you know hype talent from across the league and the most visual form of talent for baseball is fucking hitting and pitching so um, I still, as a person, find that to be the most enjoyable. And to your point, that's why I would pick Jazz Jr. too. Like this is a visual, this is a visual representation of people that have star power in today's game who are also mm-hmm. really, really good from each team. And that's Jazz Jr. Without a doubt. The only counter argument I could have is, you know what? There should be recognition for guys that are outstanding on offense and defense that would otherwise kind of be tossed to the wayside. I respect it. I, you know, it's not, I know you're not saying that offense is the only thing that matters in the physical all-star game that we're watching on TV. Yes. The accolades though, is what I go back to and what I think of. And I know that my vote would mean more going to a defensive guy who is naturally not going to be getting those votes. Um, and that's really all. That's really all I got to say. Uh, one Bitch. thing that we usually do that I forgot about, so just real quick to go back to it: the top three vote getters so far for the American League for first base. Number one is Vlad Guerrero mm. Jr. Number two is Ty France, as Corwin had picked, and I don't see a number three, so I guess they're just doing number one and number two. So Corwin had picked the number two guy. I had picked someone who was not even mentioned here. So go me. Good. Uh, and then for the National League, the number one guy was Paul Goldschmidt, who both Corn and I had chosen. The number two guy, uh, Pete Alonso of the Mets, uh, another whom we chose. For second base, uh, the number one vote getter so far is Jose Altuve in the American League of the Astros. Number two is Santiago Espinal of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I guess they're just doing one and two. I really close one. They did top three. Oh, well, uh, neither corn nor I picked either of those guys. Um, so, yeah, fuck us. And then in the National League, the number one guy is Jazz Chisholm Jr. The number two guy is Ozzy Albies, who is currently injured uh, and would not be playing the game anyway. Um, obviously, still perfectly eligible to be voted for. Um, he just would not be able to attend. All right. So that brings us to third base where Josh will be sad. So. Corwin Heller, who would you choose as your American League third base representative? Are you muted? Yes, I am, bitches. Uh, I honestly don't think this should be as much of a conversation as it is. Um, it's Jose Ramirez. Um, I know Rafael Devers has very similar numbers. But Jose Ramirez is playing like the best player in all of baseball, or at least in that conversation, absolutely MVP front runner this year. Um, And I don't like Rafael Devers, so I do not know why we're talking about this. 
strong words, strong, strong words. And you know what? The man speaks no lies. Rafael Devers per Fangraphs war is 0.1 war ahead of Jose Ramirez. Um, Rafael Devers 4.3, Ramirez 3.9. The numbers themselves, uh, Rafael Devers slash line 328, 383, 599. Um, that's good for a WRC plus of 174. So he's having himself a very good year, batting well over 300 so far. Jose Ramirez 303. 393 uh, and 636. So he's out doing uh, Devers in both on base and slugging, which obviously means his WRC plus is also higher. 187 uh, defense is where J Ram is losing a little bit of ground. It's the only reason his war is not greater than Devers. And to that effect, man, I bring you back to my point of, I don't fucking care about defense unless it's amazing or terrible when making these choices. And Jose Ramirez will be the pick for me too, especially considering who else are you sending from the guardians? Who else? Who else am I sending from the guardians? To oh, the all-star game. Who that else? That was a rhetorical question. Uh, all right. So Andre Jimenez, um, actually who Corwin picked, obviously having a great year. Josh Naylor also having a really solid year. Um, but I'm not sure either of those guys are actually going to go at f- from second and, f- and first base, given um, some of their competition. And then their pitchers are Shane Bieber's having a good year. Not what he's used to having and definitely not be- good enough to be in like, you know, the top five stars of the, of the, the season so far. Um, uh, Emmanuel Clay is actually Emmanuel Clay is probably going to go. Um, but you better go. Yeah. But like, that's kind of it. Like that's, that's it. Um, so that should be a consideration too. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the number one vote getter so far is Rafael Devers. Number two vote getter is Jose Ramirez. Um, but there we are for the national league. Once again, this should probably be a relatively clear cut decision. There's a, a, I guess a debate that could be had about number one, but uh, this one feels pretty easy. Uh, Corwin Heller, should we count it down once again? Because I'm sure we're going to have the same pick for this, too. One, two, ahead, three. Manny Machado. Manny Machado. Yeah. Yeah. It felt good. Number two His is Paul Goldschmidt. Is not or, uh, sorry. Uh, number two is um, Nolan Arenado, not the other St. Louis Cardinal. Um, but, yeah, tell me, tell me about Machado for you. I'm sorry? Tell me about Machado for you. Uh, he's fucking perfect. That's what else do you want to know? Um, Manny Machado, season stat lines. We are having a 328, 400, 549 line for a 945 OPS plus. The man has four war, uh, B war, 12 home runs, 46 RBI, seven stolen bases. What more could you ask from the man propping up this team offensively? Um, what else can you say? Old gold glove defense doesn't hurt either. Yeah, um, per baseball reference, he has the second most war in all of baseball behind Tommy Edmund. Tommy Edmund in baseball reference war 4.1, Manny Machado uh, 4.0. But, I mean, it's just, it's been a stupid, stupid season for, uh, our, our man, Manuel, um, I, yeah, he's been, he's been great. His defense has been great, but his, his hitting has been just so damn good. And he, since, since his Oriole days, man, he has been a face of the game and it's kind of tough to not have those guys be the guys that hold down those positions in the all-star game. Uh, per fan graphs, he has the most war in all of baseball. Second would be Rafael Devers, unless we're only looking at third baseman again. No, that's all. That's all players. Yeah. Um, so it depends on where you look. He's either number one or number two. Uh, that guy's your starter every single time. Places to be. Yeah. Um, Arenado is second in in war for third baseman per fan graphs, but at two point eight, it's a distant ass second. Um, he's having a nice 
hitting season. And obviously his defense is also platinum glove as it always is, but man, it's your M- Manny is untouchable uh, in this spot this year. Uh, Manny and Nolan are number one and number two so far for the voting question for you. If his ankle injury does hold him out of the physical game, would that prevent him from being named the all-star starter? No, you still get named as the starter. They just then pick another guy. It's like how the Pro Bowl works. It's like, oh, he didn't actually go. Then we'll just name another guy. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, there's theoretically only like, yeah. And for baseball, it's like theoretically, there should only be, I I guess, uh, 26 all-stars, the size of a normal team. But instead for 2022, there will be you know 26 per side. So 52. But all of a sudden, instead, there's going to be like 73 all-stars because people are going to be hurt or back. Like if Ozzy Albies gets named to the all-star game, like he's obviously not playing. He still gets an right. all-star, but he's obviously not playing. So yeah. 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 No matter what Machado will be um, for sure. An all-star this year, which is good. Which is, Hey, good. now you're an all-star. You're an all-star. Get your get game, your game on. on. Go, Go play. play. Uh, all right. So that brings us to short Stop. Um, for the American League, there is some strong contention here as this has been a suddenly very good hitting position uh, over the past few years. Now, Corn Heller, who would you pick? Um, man, I I filled out a ballot when I f- when it first started. So what was that? Two weeks ago now. All star ballot. Probably right. Uh, regardless, he was not my pick then, just looking at the numbers, but he is sure my pick now. Mr. Tim Anderson, come on up. Having a fantastic season. Having uh honestly, I, I don't know the last time we talked about him in uh the off the field side of uh the news, but I feel like it seems to be very often and almost always in his favor. Um, Mr. Tim Anderson, you are an all-star starter. Yeah, I mean, the dude creams the ball constantly. He's just out there knocking them around. Obviously, his We're not doing phrasing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, his defense has been extra super duper rough as of late, um, which has led him to not be in the top 10 for war. Hold on. Where is Tim Anderson? Hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I cannot believe my eyeballs. Oh, he doesn't have the, the he's not. Okay. So Tim Anderson doesn't have enough um, plate appearances to be a qualified starter. That's qualified why I can't follow starter. him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll allow that. Um, I'm going to set my minimum plate appearances to like 200. I'll set it to 100. Does that pop him up there? Oh, that changes a little bit of things. Yeah. All right. So yeah, all of a sudden he's number six in war. That looks a little bit more right. Um, yeah. So for AL shortstops, he is third. He put he his two point three F war puts him behind uh, Jeremy Pena of the Houston Astros at two point four war, and the number war number one war getter in baseball let alone the American League, Boston Xander Bogarts. Now, Xander Bogarts has been the best hitting shortstop in baseball this season with a 150 WRC+. Plus. Uh, it used to be Xander's uh, bag that he would be, you know, like great with the bat, bad with the, the glove, but he's actually had himself a good defensive season as well so far for uh, baseball references metric uh dwar he is positive which he often is not at this point in the uh in his career um in fact he is the second most dwar of his entire career so far wow yeah um from baseball savant his outs above average is lightly positive it's in the 66th percentile so he's been fine in that respect um, he has amassed 
apparently a total outs above average of one. But that is a huge improvement over last year when his outs above average was negative 10. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. So that one is kind of a huge improvement. Uh, It's kind of a weird year for Xander in that if you look at his sliders on baseball, baseball savant, it doesn't seem like he's really doing anything well. Um, Average exit velocity, expected weighted on base, expected slugging, barrel percent, um, and chase rate are all in the bottom half of the league. Um, His hard hit percent is 55th percentile, strikeout percent 57th, expected batting 61st. The only thing where he's in the top 20 is max exit velocity, which is not a hardly useful stat. just means he hit a ball that hard like one time. Um, But it's translated into results like the the dude's doing it, you know, like none of the expected stuff really loves him at all. Um, But it kind of doesn't matter because at least it doesn't matter for this little exercise because he's getting all his fucking hits like his expected batting average is 270 and his actual batting average is 335. Big, big difference. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it helps that his BABIP is also a career high 408. Uh, okay, fair. That does help uh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite a bit. Um, obviously, actually, this might be a fun thought exercise, too, of getting into what's been happening with Xander, because it seems like, honestly, this is one of the worst years of his career by batting metrics, but one of the most productive years of his career by actual metrics so um yeah that's interesting this is literally the best year of his career from an ops plus perspective and one Mm -hmm. of the worst years of his career by the everything else perspective it's interesting um but yeah fuck that show for tim harrison too (laughs) um that was gonna be my question yeah funny enough say again you gonna vote for him now i don't think so Nope. <laughs> and funny enough, uh, most people agree because Xander Bogarts is not in the top two for vote getting thus far in the process. Number one is actually Bo Bichette, which uh, I don't mean to say it was so much disdain like he fucking blows or anything, but uh, that guy, he's number 16 in war for shortstops in general for American League dudes. He's let's see, three, four. Four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth. He's the ninth most war for shortstops in the American League. It's weird that that guy's leading in war or leading in, in vote getting. It's not been a stellar season for Bo Bichette. So, had a great slam right. today or yesterday. I don't know about that, but number one is Boba Shet. Number two is Timothy Anderson for the National League. Um, again, very clustered here at the top. Uh, two through four of our shortstop war getters are all in the National League. So Corwin, given that information, actually one of them is Tommy Edmund again. I got to get him out of here, you piece of shit. Um, all right. Anyway, well, who are you picking for for your National what? League guy for for shortstop? Why are you trying to get Why are you trying to get rid of Tommy Edmund? He's the second baseman. Uh, he's listed as a shortstop. Oh, I have all right, I hadn't listed as both then. Okay. So for voting, he's listed. Yes, for voting, he's listed as a shortstop. Okay. That's my bad. So, so I'm allowed to vote for Tommy Edmund? Yes. Okay. I'm going to vote for Tommy Edmund. Um, I don't know how he has the best war in all of baseball. Uh, I know technically we looked it up before and, and we saw how, but uh, the magical science just does not make sense to me. Um, and really, the only other guy I would seemingly vote for is uh, Trey Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I'm not going to do that. Uh, so instead of picking a guy from my current least favorite team, I'm going to pick a guy from my former least favorite team. Uh, Tommy Edmond, you play good defense. You're not terrible at offense. So you've made the all-star team. I cannot argue with that logic. I'm going to go in a wildly different direction. And I'm going to pick Dansby Swanson. Yes. Fuck you, Trey Turner. <laughs> Dansby Swanson 
has the second most war for a shortstop in the National League. I I don't know what I don't know. Dansby has never been to an All Star game. That means that not even really? once has he had what we just talked about, where it's like the actual first three choices for shortstop all decided they couldn't go or got hurt. Dansby, can you just come and be kind of hot? Like not even that has happened to him. And this is the best his career by a huge margin. Sorry, what were you going to say? Can we like accidentally send Charlie Culberson? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's he's on the uh, the Rangers now, I think. Um, Actually, I haven't checked on on him in like a while. Hey, Rangers have to send somebody. Do they? Do, do, do they? We haven't talked about the Rangers. We're not going to talk about the Rangers. I Whoa. have to look up their depth chart. Whoa. All right. Hold on. Wait a second. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Charlie Culberson is playing this year. His war for this year is negative 0.3. His OPS plus is 55. Now Corwin Heller. Charlie Culberson has played MLB baseball for 10 years. What is his career war? Uh, 0.5. That's impressive. I can't believe this type of player still exists because this feels like something that we would talk about a lot from like when we looked at players randomly from like the 70s, 60s through 80s, where it's like maybe they just didn't realize how bad a player could be because they lack some of the more detailed analysis that we are able to, to contrive now, but here he is doing it. What, like how, how long has he been in the league? I don't know if you said that already. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember you saying that that's fucking impressive. Say what you will about how bad he is as a player. The fact that he's survived this long and is still a, you know, commodity that is, I can't imagine he's making much, but at the end of the day, like it, there's a good chance he wasn't, you know, signed to a $35 contract that it's impressive. What's Charlie Colberson's career earnings? Give me a guess. Okay. Um, Dude, I don't know baseball contracts. Um, the 20, 20, uh, 23 million. Mm, I will take the under on that. I'll say 15. I have it up. Oh, arbitration. Uh, 7.5. <laughs> uh, arbitration, you bitch. Six years of control making nothing. 7.53 million dollars total career earnings i say it like it's not a lot of money like that's not more than i'm going to earn my entire life but still for sports that's nothing just do you um just to completely change uh the the train of thought do you know the name brock burke brock burke no idea uh he is a relief pitcher for the texas rangers um 33.2 innings pitched Three earned runs. Ooh. 38 strikeouts. Ooh. 23 walks. Mm. Uh, or sorry, 10 walks, 23 mm. hits. Ooh. Uh, do you want to guess what his ERA plus is? Oh, his ERA is going to be pretty fucking low, so I'll say something stupid high, like uh, like 700. Uh, he has an it? ERA of 0.8. You did. <laughs> okay. Uh, 485. Oh, God. I was just like I was I was really just really digging deep into this team trying to find who their all-star starter would be. Um and boy that 485 ERA plus really stands out when you look at it compared to the rest of these uh teams. I mean, Martin Perez has a 196 ERA with 14 games started. Um very impressive for sure, but a 485 ERA plus just kind of Kind of sticks out a little bit. No Clay Holmes, though. No Clay Holmes. 693, bitch. Clay gang. Is he still only at two earned runs? For anyone who's listening to this, my whole microphone stand just started collapsing down onto me. Um, As it should. Yes. 
he is at two earned runs, which means in his time with the Pirates, he has allowed 74 earned runs in 119 innings. And in just about half that time, 60 innings with the Yankees, he has allowed seven. You're telling me that seven runs. a highly skilled player playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates is traded away for pennies on the dollar and then goes to the stratosphere as far as talent's concerned? What? How could such a thing happen? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference between um, the ability to know anything and the ability to effectively communicate it. Because I'm willing to bet the Yankees don't have like maybe that much more information than the Pirates do. A lot of what we can tell from even a lot of the advanced stuff, types of spin, you know, like like the axis that the pitches turn on, all that type of shit. Granted, from a much more of a distance than, than what MLB teams have, but like I could go find that shit if we really wanted to. Uh, I don't know what to do with it, so I'm not going to. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I can't interpret that for you. But um, like it's not like Clay Holmes has a wildly different set of skills here in New York than he had in Pittsburgh. It's just that's that's what that's what coaching does. Good coaching. A small amount of investing in your coaching staff, spending money on people, pirates. Anyway, um, back to back to the Charlie Culberson, Dansby Swanson. Fuck. Back to the Dansby Swanson of it all. Um, his career war is eleven point four, and this season, for baseball reference, anyway, he has amassed two point six war, which. Uh, which means that he has amassed 23% of his career war in the first half of this year. <laughs> I love that. He has uh, a 125 OPS plus this year, a career OPS plus of 93. That's it. I mean, this is better than his second best campaign, which was 2020, a shortened season in which he had a 111 OPS plus and, and, he has a 115 from his rookie year where he played even fewer games, 38. So this has been absolutely without a doubt, the best year of his career from a hitting perspective. And his defense seems like it's been what it usually is. His outs above average is 80 in the 86th percentile. Uh, he's, he's killing it. Whereas um, he's got three outs above average total. So that's two more than uh, what Xander Bogarts has is from what we mentioned. Uh, and, Again, outside of average is pretty easy to go. It's a it's tough, especially at a position that sees a lot of volume of of uh, things to do, like shortstop. So I mean, I'd much rather vote for the guy that seems like he's never fucking here than vote for the institution if a guy is having a wacky good year for once. Uh, hey, that's Dansby Swanson. So number one vote getter is Trey Turner. Fuck that guy, Dansby Swanson for life, or for this year anyway. For short-term bands, he's Watson. All right. You ready to go to catcher? Sure thing. All right. So the American League catching field has been a contentious debate on Twitter the past couple of weeks. As it stands right now, the number one vote getter is Alejandro Kirk of the Toronto Blue Jays. And the number two vote getter is Jose Trevino of the New York Yankees. Uh, Corwin Heller, who would get your love and affection? In this is a straight-up international incident, and I'm siding with the foreigners. Alejandro Kirk deserves this. Make your case. Um, I don't really know how uh, pitching works, or sorry, catching works too much, but he has a very good OPS plus, and by all means, um, when an entire country is on board with this, it's hard to say no. Okay. Um, yeah. So Alejandro Kirk's over to the season, uh, 304, 395, 473. That is good for a WRC plus of 148. He has the most war for a catcher in the American League at 2.3. Uh, he is second in baseball behind Wilson Contreras of the Cubs at 2.5. Uh, he has been. Good. He has a framing percentile uh, 91st and his pop time is in the 37th percentile, which is not very good, but oh, well. Um, 
he's been well above average in all of his hitting categories. I mean, really, I, looking at him, you'd think that his batting uh, would would be um, like this. Looking at his sliders, I'm not I'm not going to read all the numbers, but looking at his sliders and all like the deep reds is what you would have expected when you looked at Xander Bogarts's. Like, I would expect these two guys to be flipped in their expected versus actuals because their actuals are pretty close. If I recall correctly, Xander Bogarts's WRC plus was like 144 and Kirk's is 148. So they're like right there. But Kirk's sliders are all like, hey, I'm, a- I'm actually earning this. And Xander's are all kind of like, oh, whoopsie daisy. I'm really good. Which, again, given the reputation of the two players, I would expect to have the flip flopped. But uh, whatever. Um, yeah, he's had a really, really good. Uh, start to his season, really, really good start to his career as he is only in his third season in the bigs, his second full season since he barely played in 2020 um, and is on the rise. Uh, and that brings us to the contentious part of this, which is Jose Trevino, um, who has become a fan favorite quickly with the New York Yankees faithful Um as he has suddenly become a breakout breakout candidate as who was previously a guy that got acquired just to seemingly back up Kyle Higashioka, who has been useless, 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 fucking useless to the Yankees in his entire career here. And that extends farther even into this year. But, but, um, but personal catcher. Suck my dick. Fuck you. Kyle Higashioka seems like a a nice enough man. I don't give a shit, bro. I don't give a shit. Fuck you. Goddamn suck at this game. Stop making me. It's not his fault either. Like the Yankees are making him do this. Like it's it's their fault. Stop hurting my boy. (laughs) He's dead. My boy. Look Look at how you massacred my my boy. boy. Yeah. Um, as a thing, I'm not sure there's, I, I really, really want to vote for Jose Torino. Uh, like I really do. He's had a great season defensively. He's had a really nice season at the plate, but, um, I, I think Kirk feels like a, Oh, Trevino at the plate. I should say, uh, 278, 336, 454. That is good for, uh, and a WRC plus of 128, which is 20 points worse than Alejandro Kirk's, I, like I've been saying this whole thing. I don't care that much about defense, <laughs> especially for the all-star game. So not voting for Alejandro Kirk feels pretty wrong. And like, I'd be doing it purely out of spite, which is a very mean thing to do. Um, but I haven't voted for any other Blue Jays. So fuck it. I'm voting for Kirk too. I was a big I knew you would for vote me. for him. Uh, all right, that brings us to the National League side of things, which is, as it feels like as though it has been this entire process, much more cut and dry. Um, the number one vote getter is Wilson Contreras. The number two vote getter is Travis Darno. Those are the number one and two guys in um, National League catcher war at 2.5 and 1.7. Um, is, this, is this really a conversation? Like it's Wilson Contreras, right? Oh, without question. No yeah. conversation is needed. Yeah. All right. So then let's just let's just fucking move move on, man. All right. That brings us to the outfield, which will be uh, more because we got three people to we have to pick. It does not necessarily matter right, left, or center. It's just general outfield for the American League. The number one vote getter is Aaron Judge. Uh, number two is Mike Trout. Number three, George Springer. Four, Giancarlo Stanton five Taylor Ward and six Byron Buxton. So Corwin, if you had to pick three guys, who is your three guys? I don't think there's anyone I would pick outside of the big three right now of Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, almost fucked that up. Mike Trout and and Taylor Ward. Again, back to back years of two uh, two angels making it in the uh, in the All Star game, so far at least. Yeah, um, it feels like number one, and number two are pretty locked in. I think for most people, for for uh, the 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 judge and 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 Troutman, 
uh, trout trout mask replica. But it's that number third guy that honestly I'm really debating because uh, for me it's not necessarily Taylor. Where Kyle Tucker has been phenomenal this season and is in fact the fifth highest WAR of any outfielder. Uh, and really, Jordan Alvarez is a DH. He shouldn't be included here, which puts him up to fourth highest WAR for an outfielder. Um, and Byron Buxton, who he is tied with, um, Taylor Ward just behind them, two point five. Fangraphs war to 2.4. Um, and I am between Kyle Tucker and Byron Buxton. And I think I'm going to go Buxton. Oh, oh fuck. I really don't. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go Buxton using the same mantra I've been using, which is Kyle, uh, uh, Kyle Tucker is probably right now producing more in air quotes because of his defense. Um, he has better war for that reason, but I don't pick these for defense. I pick these for smacking balls using my caveman brain. And to that effect, give me Buxton. Those are my three dudes. Trout, Judge, Buxton. I would love to see Buxton in an all-star game. Has he made one before? Funny enough, no. He has a gold glove and a platinum glove. And has never been to an all-star game. Neither of these two dudes have between Tucker and, and Buxton. This would be both of their first all-star games. Well, Tucker, I get, cause he's like five years younger than Buxton. It's only his what? Third year full-time. Uh, fifth. This is Kyle Tucker's fifth full year. Well, 2018, 2019, in both seasons, he had... Oh, I was trying to look at plate appearances, not games. Fucking idiot. Um, All right, then his first full year was 2020. Um, Yeah, so this is his third full year. You muted again. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I do get that one. Buxton, uh, in contrast, has been a full-time player since uh, looks like 2016. So, yeah, seven of those eight years. All right, so then let's head over to the National League side of things. So far, the top vote-getters are, in order, Mukas Betts, um, number one. Number two, oh, fuck, where'd you go? Oh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Interesting. Uh, number three is Jack Peterson. Number four, Starling Marte. Uh, number five, there we go. Juan Soto and number six is at Adam Duvall. All right. Braves fans must be stopped. <laughs> um, fuck you. That's stupid. All right. Corwin, who are your three guys here? I'm going with the big name Mookie Betts, the big name Juan Soto and Jacques Peterson. You're going Jock. Big cock jock. Explain. Listen, the man took a punch this year. I'm not going to call that thing a slap. That was assault. He's having an excellent season. 15 home runs, 37 RBI, over 900 OPS. And the man took a hit. What more could you want for an all-star? That should be the face of our league right there. Now, this is the big difference between... um, all of the positions we've done thus far and the outfield, which is the national league outfield situation today is hot ass. So by war, the top war getters for the national league are Mookie Betts, who's third uh, Jeff McNeil, who uh, isn't going to be eligible for vote getting for wars. I'm going to leave him out. Uh, And then it's, Ian Happ squeaking in here at 10, Brandon Nimmo at 11, and then you got dropped down to Jerks and Profar at 14. Gavin Lux, who I'm also not sure should count, at 16. Chris Taylor at 18, Mark Hanna at 19, and Mike Yastrzemski at 20. Like, it's... And everyone else is an American League dude who is lapping their National League competition. And so it's... A weird year. Like, I don't even see 
Is Soto hurt? I don't even see him here. I actually don't know that. I'm yeah, I'm actually now I'm confused because uh, why isn't Juan Soto? No, he has two war. 300 plate appearances. Why isn't he here? Hold on, folks. Am I an idiot? Where's Juan Soto? Hold on. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Juan Soto, per fan graphs, has the 33rd most war in baseball for outfielders. Behind Andrew Benintendi. How the fuck is that possible? Horrible defense, apparently. Like, really bad defense. I'm blown away by that. And again, normally I don't care unless it's really, really good or really, really bad. And I'm wondering if that's bad enough to make me reconsider. Oh, wow. You know what percentile he's in for outs above average? Give it to me. First, that's the lowest you can do. How is that even possible? Uh, dude, I don't even I mean, know. I know how it's possible, but fuck, how is that possible? He has negative seven outs above average this year. It's the worst of his career. By a lot. I am blown away by that. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's so bad. Damn. Um, man, that's Did you give your nuts. votes yet? I didn't because I, I wasn't prepared for Juan Soto to be that bad. That's very confusing. He was going to be one of my votes, and now I'm feeling doubtful. All right, so Mookie Betts is getting a vote for, for me for sure. He's been killing it this year. He's an MVP candidate. He's been doing great, 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 great. He's, he's like, locked in for me. Um, after that, man, it's sad. After that, so sad. Um. I guess Ian Happ, probably. I'll vote Ian Happ. He's having a really great start to his year. Um, and fuck, man, number three feels like you're going to have to twist my arm over it. Um, I'll, I'll uh, number, fuck, number three. Oh, shit. All right, you know what? I'm going to go Jack Pearson, too. You know why? Something I did not realize. He has the best WRC plus of any outfielder in the National League. I did not realize that. I, I mean, how could you not love Jacques Peterson? He's, I love given Jacques every Peterson. possible reason. I just wasn't prepared for it. Um, all right, so that that them's them's the guys um, for position players. All that's left is DH. So. For the American League, the number one guy is um, Jordan Alvarez. The number two guy is Shohei Otani. Corwin, I'm sure you're feeling some conflicting feelings here. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely conflicted. But this year, how can you go anyone but Jordan? Probably the best offensive player in baseball right now, quite possibly. Are we looking for me to answer to that? Yes. Uh, yes, he has the highest adjusted OPS plus in baseball, 195. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt actually also has 195, but I guess Jordan's is a little bit uh, spicier. Uh, Jose Ramirez at 191 and Judge at 190. Trout at 188 rounds out the top five. And honestly, it might be just as easy for the National League. I think it probably is. Um, yeah, this is this is Jordan and Jordan alone. I I mean, there's there's no serious answer to give at number at number two. Um, I I get why Shohei is number two because he's probably the only other dude that really one really counts as a DH, uh, and two is hitting well enough to I guess deserve it. Um, but. Uh, 
it's it's nobody. It, it it's Jordan, and then no one else has come close to what he's done this year for for what that specific position is. Um, for the National League side of things, the number one vote getter is Bryce Harper, who due to a was it a shoulder injury or was it a uh, elbow injury? It's an elbow injury, right? Uh, Possibly that has kept him from fielding, and so has become the DH of the Phillies really, um, which is why he wasn't really in the outfielder category that we had looked at previously. And the number two vote getter is William Contreras uh, from the Atlanta Braves. Corbin, who would you pick here? It's Bryce and it's no questions asked. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right. He's literally the number two war getter for the DH position in all of baseball 2.8 to Jordan's 3.0, which we have to understand that these two numbers for people who are not doing defense and therefore getting a pretty hefty, um, negative adjustment to their war for that reason is unreal. Unreal. Three war as a guy who's not even touching defense is crazy. Uh, Jordan slash line this year so far 312, 405, 636. Harper's is 326, 391, 622. Dudes are mashing right now mashing Jordan's WRC plus once again is 195 Bryce Harper's is 173 um and for dudes who qualify as DHs those are number one and number two uh, yeah it's just what a year what a year for these guys so uh just to review our ballots for myself since I made Corbin go first and everything else uh I have for first base for the American League Luis Arise and uh, for the National League, Paul Goldschmidt for second base. I have Gleyber Torres for the American League and for, and Jazz Chisholm Jr. for the National League. Third base, I have um, fucking God damn it. I just lost my computer. Scroll. Jose Ramirez. That's right. Jose Ramirez for the American League and Manny Machado for the National League. Shortstop, Tim Anderson and Dansby Swanson. Catcher, Alejandro Kirk, Wilson Contreras. Outfield of Byron Buxton, Aaron Judge, and Mike Trout, as well as Mookie Betts, Ian Happ, and Jock Peterson, DH of Jordan and Bryce Corbin. I think we're going to be pretty similar on these as compared to years past, but why don't you go ahead and give me your picks once again? We'll run through mine. Ty France and Paul Goldschmidt, Andres Jimenez and Jazz Chisholm Jr., Jose Ramirez and Manny Machado, Tim Anderson and Tommy Edmond, Alejandro Kirk and Wilson Contreras, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and Taylor Ward, Mookie Betts, Jacques Peterson, and maybe Juan Soto, uh, and then Jordan Alvarez and Bryce Harper. Now, there's no vote for the pitching staff. The pitching staffs are decided by um, managers, like you know, the, all of them, the the they get to vote on that part of it. Uh, they take that part of it out of the public's hands. So just real quick, we don't have to give a lot of guys. If you had to pick a starter and a reliever, um, who are your two guys for the American League, do you think? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Clay Holmes. And yeah. I mean, I don't know who I would pick because I can't think of anyone that wouldn't be on the Yankees. Um, I mean, I know Corbin, but nope, that's National League. <sighs> Is Nestor Cortez still on par with what he was doing when we last talked about him? Uh, he had another rough outing the other day. Let me check his um, his ERA has ballooned to 2.31. Well, clearly that's not the best pitcher in baseball. I honestly could not give you a starter off the top of my head. That's fine. Uh, yeah, the easy pick is uh, Clay Holmes for relievers. So I'll revisit relievers in the second. Uh, for starters, I probably go Sandy Alcantara for the National League. Um, Kevin Gaussman somehow is leading war uh, is a leading war getter for starting pitchers in the American League, which I just don't understand at all. Um, so fuck that guy. I'm going to pick Martin Perez of Texas, who's also having a weirdly good year. So those would be my two guys for. Um, the starters uh, for relievers, not picking Clay Holmes because that feels too easy. I'll pick Mike King for the American League and um, for the National League, I will pick Devin Williams 
Yeah, why not? Why That's very fair. Yeah. Uh, could also pick Edwin Diaz. Manuel Clays for the American League's also, again, as we just said earlier, been killing it. Uh, really great, really great guys here. Good picks. Good picks all around. All right. Uh, Corwin Heller, is there anything else you would like to do before we wrap up the show for the day? Um, I would just like to take my applause now for not making the joke of selecting Fernando Tatis, even though he is eligible on the ballot. Um, I know you all saw it coming, and I refrained because I'm a mature adult, but uh, so thank you. Thank you. I'll hold for applause. Now, who do you think is more upset about that? Fernando Tatis Jr. for being like, um, lower your expectations, um, or not? Who wouldn't be upset about it? Who do you think would be more upset about it? Um, I was gonna say Hassan Kim or like a random Dodgers fan who just thinks it's stupid. Because if I'm Hassan Kim, I'm mad. I'm like, I've been holding it down. I mean, I am as big of a Fernando Tatis fan as you can find. I'm also a major Hassan King Cam. Jesus, fuck. (laughs) Hassan Kim fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, It's ridiculous that he's not on the ballot. He's had a good year. 1.7 war by baseball reference. It's a solid year. It's not like blowing the top off of any place, but like it's enough to get your name on the ballot instead of a guy who has not played all year. Why? Do you have any actual reason? Dude, I absolutely could not tell you. Actually, funny enough, by National League shortstops, for in terms of war, minimum of uh, actually it's qualified. So let me set this back down to a hundred plate appearances and see how that changes things. Uh, not by much. He's number seven by by Fangraphs. Like if you're top ten in your position for your league. That's probably good enough to be on the ballot. I I, I don't know. It honestly feels like because look, my time spent in corporate America has taught me one thing. And that's um, if you see a mistake, it's because uh, they just copy and pasted what was already existing and nobody really checked very hard. There's not like great practices at any company that prevents organizational failure. Like you could go work for your favorite company that you think must have their shit together. Their products are amazing. It's being run by monkeys like it's it's a joke. Um, So I'm willing to bet that they have like nothing more glorious than an Excel template that has all the names in it and they took the same formatting by copy and pasting last year's. And then the, the guy whose responsibility it was to double check the names with all the stats, just never changed Tatis's name. That's my guess. How on earth could it have gone two and a half weeks where either nobody caught on or they were just like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? All right. Peek behind the curtain. I, uh, I, I, work as a pricing analyst and my last company that I left because it was too disorganized uh, was going to launch a new product and they were going to launch it on a Tuesday. And I had to make the prices that we were going to sell the machine at. And no one gave me those prices until the Friday before we were starting to launch the product, which means that if you try to buy it, I get questions from sellers saying, what price is it? And my response back as the man who made prices because I couldn't get approvals on anything was I have no fucking clue. I got no clue. No one's told me anything. So yeah, no, it can be that disorganized. It could absolutely be that disorganized. Absolutely. No one knows anything. (laughs) What'd you say? I said touche, good sir. Yeah. All right, then uh, we'll wrap it up here. We'll try to be a little bit more consistent. Maybe if you're lucky. Um, Yeah. Anyway, if you would like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you'd like to follow Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corbin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.